Welcome to another edition of the Storycatchers podcast. I'm your host and Storycatchers founder, Tara Polcotti. We all know them. The ones that with no amount of holly, wishes of good cheer, or crunch of snow beneath their feet seems to send little shivers of excitement through them. They're our very own resident Grinch. What happens when the self-proclaimed Grinch, who is ho-hum about all presents, gets a gift that no money can buy? Let's listen to Dan's story from our Storycatchers Live Holidays and Confused event. At last year's uh, Storycatchers Holiday event, um, I talked about being attacked by the Christmas tree in my sleep. And that really happened. Uh, over the course of 35 years of marriage, we've probably had three or four Christmas trees topple over onto the living room floor. It's never a pretty sight, and it never happens without blaming each other for faulty tree placement and construction, followed by days of pointless second-guessing and a liberal amount of unholy, not-so-God-fearing language. But from, you know, when you look at it from the tree's point of view, uh, falling to the carpet when no one is watching is probably nature's way of flipping you off for plucking it from its pristine home. There's no good or helpful way to respond to that sort of uh, indignant indignation except to pick up the pieces and keep moving. So we have. We give gifts. We get gifts. We try to be thoughtful. We show our appreciation and our love. But here's the truth, and it's kind of an awkward truth. I struggle with Christmas. Not as a religious holiday, not as an important season for the retail industry. Not because there are a lot of things happening in a very short time frame. Not because there's a lot of really horrible music associated with Santa, Good King Wenceslas, the baby Jesus, and Andy Williams. I hate that Andy Williams song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I just want to throw up every time I hear it just because it's bad music. I really struggle because this is a season of get-togethers and parties, big and small, private and public, and because I'm generally very, very uncomfortable in those settings. I am Dan, and I am an introvert. <laughs> I saw that coming, yeah. He'll be back at 10, thank you. I am the guy who arrives late and leaves early without saying goodbye. I'm the guy who has a big dislike of small talk. I'm the guy who likes time to myself and the guy who has never mastered the art of seeming interested when I am not interested in the least. I don't celebrate well, never have. I don't dance, don't ask me. I'm the world's most boring sports fan. I don't say I'm great when I'm really just fine. And I don't say amazing unless I really am amazed. And that doesn't happen very often. I even get a little overwhelmed at our family Christmas gift opening. At times, it's just a little too much for me to handle. I get quiet, 
I kind of withdraw. And sometimes I watch from a distance. We have a grandson who's 14 years old, almost a couple weeks. He tells my wife the other day, Grandpa's a Grinch. I love that kid more than he'll ever know. And I get why he would say that. But I really do appreciate the season uh, in my own way. It's magic for many people, and that's a great thing. It's a wonderful time to show how much we love and how much we understand each other. It's an especially poignant and appropriate time to support good causes and to make your differences through dollars and your deeds. And the biblical story of Jesus' birth is one of hope, love, faith. Hard to argue with that. Those are deeply personal attributes, and they can and should mean something new and different to every one of us. In my introverted world, those are the gifts. Not the presents, not the office parties, not the Black Friday bargains, but the way you feel and the way you love the people who matter most to you. Those aren't wrapped in shiny paper. These are the things you hold to yourself. This will be my 60th Christmas, and I apologize for this, but I remember almost none of the gifts I've ever gotten from anybody. Not the year, not the size, not the color, not how long it lasted, nothing. I remember almost nothing about those. And I really am sorry about that. But I do remember one gift extremely well. I wrote about it in the local newspaper about 14 years ago this month, and I want to share it with you now. I met a kid the other day who will probably make a huge impression on me. I don't know how or when or why, but it's bound to happen. How do I know this? Well, I cried before he said a word. I had heard about him for months. His mother kept bringing the subject up, and just before we met, it was about all she and my wife and I could talk about. Mostly we talked about how my wife and I were too young for this relationship with a kid this young. But we also wondered how life would change once we met him. We speculated about what he'd look like, how he'd like his surroundings, how we'd get along with him, and what he'd do with his life. The more we talked, the more surreal it seemed. Like he was in the room watching us, listening, snickering, rolling his eyes, plugging his ears, kicking his mom every so often to get us to change the subject. She was thrilled to introduce him to her sister, my wife and I. It was a long Thursday afternoon, a longer Thursday night, and now that Friday morning had begun. She was eager to end the formality, because you can only wait so long in those circumstances. He was crying when we met in a room full of people he'd never seen before. Some of them were paying more attention to his mom than him, which might have ticked him off. Others thought the bright lights or maybe the change in temperature, maybe the unfamiliar surroundings might have caused the outburst. I don't really know what the problem was, but I'll ask him the next time we get together. Seems like a good kid, 
even though he's been laying around for most of his first couple of days with us. He sleeps, he yawns, he sneezes, he eats, he relieves himself, he eats some more, he sleeps some more. It's a good life. And when something doesn't sit well with him, and how could that happen in his lifestyle, he cries. And everyone pays attention to that, it seems. It's all right, they tell him. We carry him everywhere he wants to go. We're hoping that ends sometime, but not too soon. We wouldn't want to upset him in this early stage of our relationship. But something happens when we pick him up and we hold him and we carry him. And we look into his sleepy eyes. It's nothing he can put into words, but it's definitely a feeling that all of us get. He depends on us. He trusts us. He loves us. He can't imagine life without us. We feel the same way about him, and we won't let him down. We're his family. Matthew weighed nine pounds, three ounces, and measured 21 inches long when we met on Friday morning. His mom is our oldest daughter. The holiday season arrival is not lost on us. The presents under our tree will be nice, no doubt. We'll open them with smiles and thank each other with sincerity. But at some point, the batteries will die, the fashions will be outdated, and some of the gifts will be returned for a refund. The gift of a child, however, won't ever grow old. When you give love, and you get love in return, the present lasts forever. Have a Merry Christmas. We sure will. Thank you. You've been listening to Storycatchers. I'm Tara Polcotti. Go to storycatcherscommunity.com to find out more and to consider sharing your story with us because we all have stories to tell.